Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the uh, Brisbane Property Podcast. Melinda and I are having a little bit of a chat today on, um, I guess the discussion is, will property prices fall in Brisbane? That's, that's the question. Welcome back, everybody. And um, we all know this week there's been some big news headlines yet again uh, because we've seen another interest rate rate hike across Australia. Um, and I think you and I both know that some of those headlines are frightening when you actually see how the media reports um, a 0.5% uh, basis point increase in the interest rate. So, um, let's break that down today. Um, we have previously covered an episode um, on the Brisbane Property Podcast uh, where we covered everything about the impact that interest rate increases will have on Brisbane property prices. If you missed that, we do encourage you to circle back and listen to that one, episode 102, um, because as we reported there, of course, rising interest rates will not impact all Brisbane properties in the same way because it will be location specific. um, And I encourage you to have a listen to that episode if you've not already done so. But the purpose of uh, this episode today is not to cover interest rates specifically, but to cover property prices specifically. And we've had this question a lot from people that inquire about our services. Um, are Brisbane property prices likely to fall um, in 2022? So it's it's interesting when we hear all these these headlines. And I know there's things we've talked about before. Um, you know, there's obviously one thing that's never going to change in Brisbane, and we talk about it the 2032 Olympics, um, things that are happening in Brisbane, what's happening around the area, why is it changing, why is Brisbane popular, why are so many people moving to Brisbane? But yet, you know, we, we get a raise on these interest rates and, and people call it a massive hike and it's a huge rate increase and it's going to be devastating for everyone. Um, I, I guess I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago where um, we don't we don't watch the news anymore. Um, because a lot of the news and the, and the media seems to be all um, dramatised and negative. Um, and I guess that's what sells sells news, whether it's newspapers or, or, or people watching the news. But people love to see that drama and all those, those headlines. So that's what sells news. Um, but, you know, it's not always the negative things. There's a lot of positive things to it. So obviously there's negative things out there. Yeah, let's have a look at some of the headlines that have been... Um populated this week, Aussie suburbs to suffer in huge rate hike and then um, Aussie suburbs to be crushed as interest rates rise to 0.85%. Um, I think what we need here is perspective, 0.85% is oh, a very low interest rate environment. Aussie's cop second super-sized rate rise. Now, <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before too, and I don't want to show my age too much, but the first property I bought, I think I was on 19.5% interest. Um, I still look at it at the moment and go, wow, this is, the money's actually pretty cheap to borrow at the moment. Um, you just need to be smart in what you do with it and how you spend your money and make sure you prioritise what you spend your money on and how you live as well. So lifestyle's a big impact on it. Um, I think the lifestyle that people live these days, um, that cups of coffee that people buy every day and live that sort of lifestyle where they uh, live like that, what's more important? Um, buying a home, getting yourself set up, buying an investment property, setting up your future, those types of things, 
or um, spoiling yourself on those little luxuries, what, what I would probably call them anyway. Yes, and it's an interesting um, perspective that the media like to focus in on the fact that interest rates are rising. But if we actually understand why interest rates are rising, that is because the economy um, throughout Australia is actually very strong. That is why interest rates are rising. Um, the opposite is actually true when interest rates are falling. Uh, when interest rates uh, decreased, that is done to stimulate the economy because of weakening conditions. So when the government or the RBA starts to increase rates, that is because the economy is actually doing pretty well. And um, when we look at, you know, what's happening in the economy, for example, um, over the March quarter, the Australian economy grew by 0.8% and over the year, 3.3% uh, growth. So, you know, that's pretty good given that we've been in a pandemic. And yes, there's been some increases now in inflation. And, you know, a lot of that is driven by supply side problems due to the pandemic. Um, so I think that over time, it's likely that these are going to be resolved. And, you know, we'll see some commodity prices then start to stabilise. And, you know, we will then see that um, inflation will also start to stabilise. Um, and that's when we'll see a pullback in, in further interest rate hikes. So the reason that interest rates are on the rise is because the Australian economy as a whole is fairly strong and resilient. So as you mentioned, we've, we've just gone through a pandemic. I mean, this is something that some people have never seen or would never see again in their life. Um, and having all that, you know, the, the interest rates go up to, to help the economy, basically, um, employment, that type of thing. It's actually a very positive position that we're in at the moment. Yeah, so the labour market is the strongest it's been for more than 50 years. So, you know, we've got an unemployment rate at the moment of 3.9%. That's the lowest in almost 50 years. Um, employment has actually grown significantly over recent months. Um, job vacancies and job ads are at high levels. Um, there's been a huge decline in unemployment um, and also underemployment. So I do think that we're going to start to see a lift in wages growth um, because once you've got this low interest rate environment, um, you've also got a very tight labour market. You've got more people competing for jobs. So employers start to pay more for good quality people. So, you know, there's potentially going to be an offset um, by rising wages. And, and of course, we're yet to see that. But Again, that's just on the other side in terms of what's likely to happen in the future. Um, and of course, yes, with interest rate rises, that is going to increase the cost of living uh, for many people that do own a mortgage. Uh, but there's also some other um, impacts that are positive that we also need to consider that don't appear to be um, approaching the, the news headlines at the moment. And, and, and you touch on that, the employment side of it. And when people, I know so many, especially tradies, up here in Brisbane, um, they can't get tradesmen to work um, over a whole range. We're not just talking building as well. Um, you know, I, I know a mechanic um, this way. He can't even get people to work for him at the moment. Um, there's a builder I know that can't get workers. People that I talk to that are looking to get trades in, they can't get roofers. They can't get pit plumbers. They can't, they can't get these people because it's so strong. I mean, yeah. that, that is such a positive thing to know that there's people out there. So obviously people will be, look, it might not be all over the board, but I think there's people probably charging a little bit more than what they did um, recently because of the demand side of it on, the, on that sort of work. 
Yeah, and I guess there's such a huge pipeline of construction work yet to be completed. Uh, so, you know, that's that's a positive for those employed in that industry. So, you know, overall, I think household and business balance sheets are actually generally in pretty good shape. Um, there might be a minority group who have, you know, purchased properties very recently and, and stretched their budgets to enable them to make a purchase. But remember, banks have been assessing um, any people's um, ability to borrow money based on a much higher interest rate. So the mortgage buffers have been built in. Um, so any commentators that are suggesting that people are in mortgage stress after two rate hikes, you know, if that is the case, then, you know, banks haven't actually done what uh, banks have been meant to do, which is just not likely to be the case. So, you know, again, it's media commentary um, fear-mongering and, and making people more fearful about the actual situation on the ground. So if we start to look forward, um, obviously we've, we've gone through what, what the media says, things like that. Looking forward, um, what do we sort of look at? Yeah, look, I think, you know, off the back of the last 12 months, we know Brisbane has been the strongest uh, capital city property market um, throughout all of Australia. So, you know, is that likely to be the case over the next 12 months? Look, nobody knows. But what we do know is that there's going to be, with absolute certainty, various sectors of the market that will start to show segmentation. Um, we're not going to see the rising tide lift all ships um, at all. So, you know, anybody that purchased anything 12 months ago is likely to have seen some form of capital appreciation regardless of where or what you bought because we had a market that was completely... Um, unusual in terms of the supply and demand metrics. Moving forward, we've got more normal market conditions starting to come into play. And I think that uh, local drivers of supply and demand are going to be even more important for buyers to focus on if they're looking to understand whether property prices in a local part of the market are likely to fall or continue to grow. I think when you touch on that when you, when you say local part of the market, okay, it does become that location. We'll touch on this probably a few times on things that we go through. Location selection on property investing and purchasing where you're living, a home, whether it's an investment, whatever it may be, but the, that location side of it is, is all very, very critical when it comes to that side of it. So, you know, why, do, why are people selling? Yeah, well, I guess when you look at local supply and demand, um, to see property prices decrease, we're going to see have to see a huge increase in the supply of properties available for sale. That is, we're going to have to see an increase in the number of people that list their properties for sale. So then we have to look at a local level and understand what's actually happening in that local market. Now, remember, Brisbane is still tracking at about 40% below the five-year average for total listings Um you know, uh, that, that become available for sale. So we are still in a low supply environment when we look at a greater Brisbane level in terms of the, the overall data. Is this likely to continue to be the case at a local level? Perhaps not. And when I talk about a local level, I don't mean Brisbane as a single market. I mean now we're starting to talk and drill down into some more concentrated parts of the market, inner city markets, middle ring suburbs, outer ring locations. And it is my um, strong, I, I believe strongly in the fact that we are going to see some markets suffer more than others. Because when you look at the demographic groups of some markets around Greater Brisbane, 
we've got some areas which are dominated by very low income earners. And in the same locations, you could have up to 70% of property owners who are property investors, not owner occupiers. Now, I do believe that some markets who have a demographic group made up of very high volume of investors um, and very low income earners renting out those properties, we might find that as interest rates increase, um, the cash flow returns on some of those properties for those investors is going to be um, tightened or potentially the cash flows are going to become negative. Then in the absence of capital growth, we may see some of those property investors want to offload those properties. And this could create an increase in the supply of properties at a local level in that market. And you've always got to consider who is going to be the buyer of those properties. Because if you don't have other investors that are wanting to get in for the cash flow opportunities, do you have owner occupiers that have the capacity to purchase those properties? And if you're in a demographic area where you've got very, very low income earners who are already outside of affordability levels when it comes to the amount of their incomes that they're paying towards rent, perhaps they can't afford to buy. I think there's going to be some areas like that. Um, in parts of greater Brisbane that will be at risk as we move into a higher interest rate environment. So I think that's where, again, I touch on that thing and, and that's where that strategy that you talk about a lot, Melinda, and you help our clients with um, on, on where location selections and things like that to purchase. But when we talk about location, it's not just about the, the, the area and the type of house and is there transport or is there shops or is there, you know, things like that. But it's, it's the people who live in those areas too. Who are they? What do they do? What's, how do they get their money? How much do they earn? All of these things come into play. So when we're talking about location, we're not just talking about, you know, is there a local shop nearby or is there, you know, look at that. We look at it greater and break it all down completely. Um, again, I know you do a lot of that um, with all our clients. So that's obviously looking to, to who's, who's going to, you know, but what about who's going to buy? So the demand side of it, who is going to buy the properties? Well, obviously, in a rising interest rate environment, it does dampen the demand for some buyers because, you know, perhaps they can't afford to borrow as much as they could when interest rates were lower. Um, perhaps they might second guess whether now is the right time to buy property. Some people like to try and uh, predict when the market's going to turn or if the market's going to turn. So some people will sit on the sidelines in an uncertain environment. Um, however, don't forget that not all property buyers are driven by how much is this cost uh, property going to cost me to hold. Some property buyers are driven by the fact that they need a home. Other property buyers are driven by the fact that they need to upsize for an increasing um, family size. So the different motivations behind different buyers will actually drive the, the demand side of things as well. So buyer motivation contributes to buyer demand. We've actually got um, a situation in Brisbane where we've had very strong rental income growth over the last 12 months. Now, when you've got strong rental income growth, when it comes time to renew a tenancy agreement for those people that are purchasing property for investment purchases, you might find that you'll have a huge increase, uh, 12 to 15% in some instances, on the amount that you can charge for rent because of the most recent rental price hikes in Brisbane. 
Now, when you actually quantify that, we've just had a, a, a personal property of ours <laughs> come through. Um, so when, when you look at that, and we've got, I've broken it down here roughly, I'm not to the, to the cent or to the, to the round dollar, but you've talked about a 12% increase in rents. In okay, the housing in market. In the housing market. Yep. A, a property with, say, and these are some rough figures for people, a $500,000 mortgage, yep. okay, some of it's already been paid down. Um, the increase on that property that that is um, rented and going to be going in increase will go up by about $4,160 per year. And just to, to help um, listeners understand that, so this is a, a property that um, Scott and I own personally and the property manager reached out and said, look, your property currently is... Um, achieving $520 per week of rent, um, good middle ring location here in Brisbane. But based on the comparative rental properties that um, have recently rented in the last couple of months, we uh, propose that you should be um, charging $600 per week to bring your property in line with current market rent. So that's an increase in the weekly rent of $80 per week. Yep. So $4,160? per year per in year? extra income, correct. And then if you increase the interest rate on that? So based on the last two interest rate increases, um, we're looking at 0.75% increase in uh, the mortgage rate or the interest rate over a 12-month period. That equates to? 3750 So that's actually less than um, the relative increase in rents for the same property. Um, so yes, there's going to potentially be more interest rate rises in the months ahead, but it's all relative. Uh, you know, and these headlines speak to the fact that there's going to be these um, this huge mortgage stress from people. Um, for property investors in Brisbane in such a very low vacancy rate environment, potentially there's a hedge against that by increasing um, the rent. However, I will say once again, you cannot increase the rent in areas where the tenants cannot afford to pay more rent there's going to be an affordability cap in some locations. And this is why location selection, once again, becomes critical. I did say we were going to mention locations, didn't I? <laughs> and I was actually about to say location is dependent. Like it really is that location and where you're buying and the type of product you're buying in those locations. So like that's 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 a part of the, the rental side of it. Yeah, so obviously the demand um, is also driven by the number of people that need a home. And don't forget that Queensland still has record high population growth driven primarily by interstate migration. We still have more and more people relocating to southeast Queensland as a whole. And that, of course, increases the demand side of the equation purely through an, an, a higher volume of people wanting to purchase a home. So when you've got um, a declining population, that puts downward pressure on demand. When you've got an increasing population, that puts upward pressure on demand. So when you combine these factors, such as higher levels of interstate migration, contributing to higher population growth, along with um, the potential for strong rental price growth, along with relative affordability. So when we look at the median house price in Brisbane, it is still relatively affordable when you compare that to the median house price in the likes of Sydney and Melbourne. So there's a lot of people that cannot afford to buy their own home in the likes of Sydney and Melbourne, but they are purchasing investment properties here in Brisbane as a hedge against inflation, as an opportunity for strong capital growth over the next 10 to 20 years, and as an opportunity also for strong 
potential rental yield returns because Brisbane is a much higher yielding capital city market. So there's a number of things that are contributing towards higher demand for Brisbane property right now. So what about the other side of it? Well, not the other side, but part of it is is the equity side of it. So people purchasing properties and and having that equity, um, I know you've got some more research on that side of it. Can you fill us in on that? So again, the media would lead us to believe that everybody that has a mortgage is going to really struggle in an environment of rising interest rates. But let's not forget the huge capital appreciation that a lot of existing property owners have had because of the most recent market uplift. Now, um, some recent work by Matusik um, has indicated that there is a huge volume, and that's Michael Matusik for people that don't um, know his work, Um, a huge volume of property buyers have very high levels of equity. And when we talk about equity, we mean the amount of, if we look at the value of a property and how much of that total value is owed as a mortgage, the equity is the balance. So we look at first home buyers, and this is Australia-wide data, but first home buyers um, on average have 35% um, of the property value as equity. Now that's actually, that means 75%, um, sorry, 65% um, loan to value ratio. So that's actually pretty good for first home buyers. When we look at changeover buyers, so these are people that are upgrading from their first home to their next home. So typically they're going to be older. Um, Perhaps they've, you know, purchased their first home as a couple, but now they've got a family. So they're upsizing to a family home. When we look at the changeover buyers, the average equity position for a changeover buyer is 60%, which means the average loan to value ratio for a changeover buyer is much lower at 40% of the property value. And then we've got recent buyers. Um, And so the total percentage of recent buyers, um, and that's a combined value of all, all different types of buyers, the average equity position is 52%. Now, this is not what the media will have you believe. And the examples that they will pull out um, as case studies to be used in some of these doomsday reports are not necessarily the norm. These are um, a select few people that will move into mortgage stress, but it is not the overarching majority of people. And that's that's just equity. Um, Obviously, then, you know, different strategies, just the way different people. And I know that we've done this quite a bit ourselves in manufacturing equity. You know, people buying properties that they're obviously not the, the best property in the in the street, but there's opportunity there in the right location to be able to buy something. And then when you can, you know, you can get a tenant in there down the track, if you want to do some improvements, then you can, you can actually get people to do some improvements on that property. You manufacture equity um, and you've actually got more um, opportunity there available for you. The other thing that we do that pre- people probably forget um, and people do forget things pretty quick um, is is history. Um, as I mentioned, um, going back when I purchased a property and this was in the um, 1980s, I think it was, um, mid to late 80s, um, you know, 19% odd interest rate. Um, historically, I mean, it's interest rates are not really what's driving the price of property, is it? No, there's a lot of things that obviously contribute to property value changes and it comes down to the local drivers of supply and demand. And yes, interest rates can have an impact on the demand side of the equation for some buyers. 
Um, and, and yet we've been in very high interest rate environments in the past uh, where home loan rates, for example, throughout the 90s were, you know, as Scott mentioned, right up to, to 18% at times. And yet, even with environments like that, we had property price growth um, that in some years was between 5 and 10% um, per annum. So when you consider that level of growth in a high interest rate environment, it indicates that there's not a positive correlation between high interest rates and low property price growth. There's a lot more um, factors at play. We can even look at um, inflation because a lot of people think, well, high inflation is going to lead to property prices crashing as well. And yet we've been in hugely um, high inflationary environments, especially throughout the 1970s. And yet again, we had significant price growth um, on an annual basis for a number of years from 1974 through to 19. In fact, earlier than that, I think it was 1973 uh, through to about 1977, 76, um, where we had annualised uh, price growth of around 10% as well. So when we look historically, there is no correlation. And when we talk about correlation, that means a positive relationship between one thing and another. There's so many factors that go into contributing to property prices, whether they are increasing or decreasing. It is not solely dependent on interest rates alone or in, or inflation alone. Now, I said a long time ago, I was back in the 80s, late 80s, you took it back into the 70s. But if you bring it forward and people are going to say, oh, that's just, that's so long ago, didn't doesn't really matter. Um, if you bring it into, into, say, the 2000 to 2002, you know, in that sort of time as well, a massive, massive growth in property prices. Yep. But yet inflation was high, higher than what it is now. Yeah. Interest rates were a lot higher, massive amount higher than where they were now. Yeah. Yet we had a we had a huge price in, increase in properties. Yeah. So interest rates at that level were um, around sort of six to seven percent throughout some periods of time. Um, inflation uh, at some time definitely well above the the required band, um, approaching over four percent at times. Um, and yet annualised property price growth Australia wide, um, you know between 10 and 20% on, on three of those years. So you cannot actually attribute property price changes to interest rate, interest rate changes alone. It's really, really important for any property buyer to understand this because uh, the media would have you believe that property prices will fall because interest rates are rising. But I'm going to tell you today that property prices only fall when the supply of properties in a local area exceeds the demand for those properties. And therefore, it is so important to understand the local drivers of supply and demand at a suburb level before you determine whether suburb values or whether property values as a whole will increase or decrease. So I guess as a summary to all that that we've, we've gone through, um, the question at the start of the podcast was, will property... Um, prices fall in Brisbane. Look, uh, I'm I'm not one to um, confirm or deny. I do think there's going to be property price falls in some locations in areas of Greater Brisbane on the outskirts of our um, our larger capital city region. However, when we look at the um, strong middle ring markets, when we look at our inner city markets 
it is very unlikely that we will see bargains present themselves because we still have strong demand from buyers um, and we still have very low supply. And I do not expect that we're going to see a huge increase in the supply of properties because of forced selling in these areas. And I think that's the thing for people to keep in mind when they are looking to buy. Um, It's going to come down to the fact, can people afford to hold their property in an environment of rising interest rates? And I know a lot of the locations that we would target um, for our buyers, and especially in our blue chip locations where we're helping a lot of home buyers here in Brisbane, most of those home buyers are, you know, professionals or medical um, people or, you know, they've got they've got roles in professional um, institutions or they may have um, their own businesses which are thriving. It is very unlikely that a higher interest rate environment is going to cause them to become a forced seller and any home buyer is likely to cut discretionary spending before they sell up their family home. So where you buy has a big impact on whether we're going to see any property prices falling. Um, And without getting specific in terms of suburb by suburb detail, that's something we reserve for our clients. Um, That's my biggest tip. Understand the demographic makeup of what you're buying and where you're buying to determine whether you're going to see property prices fall, stabilise or potentially continue to increase into the future. Yeah, and I think on a bit of a summary to some of the things we've talked about as well, um, you know, you look at the unemployment side of things, um, I think that that side of it is putting a lot of pressure. People that can afford, they can get jobs. Um, we look at the infrastructure that's happening here in Brisbane. There's a massive amount of infrastructure going on, as we've spoken about in the past, Cross River Rail, Metro. Um, you know, there's so much construction and things happening. Um, 2032 Olympics, we're, we're an Olympic city, um, and that's 10 years away. So there's a lot happening in the build-up towards that. Um, still affordable. We've still got migration happening. I think there's a lot of positives there. I think there's a lot of things that are happening and there's a lot of positive things happening. Um, so from my side of it, uh, look, I, I don't see the negatives. I, I see a lot of positives um, moving forward that way. Um, so look, I think rubbing that crystal ball and having a look through it, it looks pretty positive. I agree. Despite what you may otherwise read in the media, um, we're still um, very optimistic about what the future of Brisbane looks like. And of course, as we've reported previously, if there's any sign that we start to supply, uh, start to see an increase in the supply of properties through more listings, you'll be the first to know here on the podcast because we'll be reporting that from what we're seeing on the ground uh, rather than waiting for that to be reflected through in the data. So hopefully that helped um, put a bit of a positive outlook on things. Um, if you want to know more, if you want to reach out and have a chat, obviously we're here to help people at Streamline Property Buyers. Um, reach out and we can have a chat. I will let Melinda wrap it up as usual. Um, and we will look forward to um, chatting further, bringing you more, more podcasts and talking soon. So let Melinda wrap it up. Thanks very much for listening and take care and bye for now. Yeah, as usual, thank you for tuning in once again to the Brisbane Property Podcast, um, where we tell it as it is uh, without um, you know making any news headlines um you know more fearful it's just factual on the brisbane property podcast as always if you do like listening to our podcast please tell your friends and families to tune in also and we would love for you to leave a review five stars if you love what we do uh, because that's always a way that we know uh, that the podcast will spread to more people who may benefit Uh, hope you have a fabulous week and we look forward to speaking with you again next week bye for now 
Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.